Welcome, everybody, to Friday's Deadly Dating. Today on today's show, we have a bachelor, Maddie. Maddie, say hello. Oh, hey, everybody. This is Maddie. Hi. Maddie, on Deadly Dating, we're going to give you three bachelors. We'll read one fact about each, and then you decide which one you want to go on a date with. Three dudes. This sounds great. Okay. Yeah. So, bachelor number one. He is also known as the Whale Rider. Oh, wow. Uh, Bachelor number two enjoys cleaning people's houses in the nude. Oh, okay. And then bachelor number three enjoys having his diaper changed. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. These guys, these guys all sound a little familiar to me. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I think that these are all actually, these are, these are all my actual exes. Oh, whoops. My cover's blown. Great. That's right. It's episode 14, and we are going to take you through Xville. Do I get to go on a date? No. Okay. Candyman. 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 Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Couldn't we just, uh, couldn't we just keep things status quo? Without any future. Well, when am I going to see you again? Not for a long time. At least, not until tomorrow night. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Friday the 13th. This is Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we are here with our 14th episode. Super excited. 14. And and 14 also, I just want to remind you, Andrew, that we are now at one year of podcasting. Yeah, we've had we've had a lot of cool milestones. You know, we've we've surpassed 10,000 listeners. We've surpassed 5,000 Twitter followers. It's incredible. It's incredible. It just keeps growing. And so uh, yet another milestone for us that we're really proud of. We have been doing this for a solid year we've uh, learned a lot of lessons we've met so many cool people we've had some great content put out there and we are having a blast which is the most yeah, important it's real thing fun. so so today's episode it's february 
It is almost Valentine's Day. Isn't um, it interesting that episode 14 falls um, on Valentine's? Right, exactly, for Isn't February that, yeah. 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're coming at you with some content about um, about love and about exes. And about those crazy relationships in between. <laughs> yeah, man. And, you know, like, I think, you know, this isn't like some sort of like a rare occurrence for anybody either. We've all been through this before. Mm-hmm. We've all either, you know, had our hearts broken or we, broken we or we've been the person who's broken hearts, mm-hmm. um, and it's this really interesting human thing that we're all a part of, mm-hmm. and it's a wild ride. Yeah, totally. And you know, if you are a person out there that has not had your heart broken, God bless you. Yeah, um, and <laughs> get you know, ready. Stay that way as long as you can. <laughs> stay if, if pure. That's possible. So we, you know, we're going to talk about some 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 stuff from our own lives, um, and we're going to um, we're also going to give you a really special surprise. Um, and we're going to tell you more about that later, but I'm going to yeah. save that. I'm going to save that. <laughs> save it. Yeah. Um, so Andrew, yeah. um, why don't we, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about an ex that you've had? Um, and maybe one that like, you know, like pick one, <laughs> I mean, cause you have hundreds. Oh, pick, uh, pick, one, <laughs> pick one of your thousand exes <laughs> that was especially a little off there. Like a little special. Yeah, give us that story. Well, I can tell you from my 20s, the evolution of my taste from my early 20s to my early 30s has definitely changed quite a bit. Back in my early 20s, I think my ideal person was like, tattooed sleeve um has a beard only wears flannel kind of maybe has a job and hangs out at a coffee shop you got the beard part yeah it's just and then i realized those people don't for the most part don't have big aspirations to go beyond that Hmm. and i was in college and i just had to say i need to aim a little bit more at my level it's really interesting um so that kind of just made me not pick people that were shitty for me anymore and pick somebody that would elevate me to help me so do you do you think that you were dating down I wouldn't call it dating down because I don't think anyone's beneath me in any certain no, 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 no. way. Of course not. Um, but like, I mean, th- in general. I think that I just thought that I didn't deserve as much as maybe I did. Huh. You know? What What changed your mind on that? Um, I think it was just going through all these stupid relationships. I mean, we went through, you know, before a certain time in my life, my longest relationship was a month. Wow. You know, so yeah, it was sure. like, I mean, obviously you young, not, of course. not picking the right people. Right, yeah. Not picking the right people for me. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you I've dated so many weird people, nobody that's bad. They're just a little off in their own certain unique way. That's such a gracious way of yeah. saying that. <laughs> uh, I, I tend to think, and I, this is a big thing for me is I, I'm always been a non-smoker, mm-hmm. like vehemently against it like he it's is, just he is not joking folks never had a cigarette in my life it's just always grossed me out my grandma's yeah. a pack a day smoker it grossed me out from a really young age so right. i just never it was never a thing for me and i dated this one guy that insisted on only rolling his own cigarettes like you that did? was like his thing for real yeah and i was like why am i with this person this makes no yeah, sense like for how me. did you rationalize that because they were hot yeah, I mean that, that's you know what? Yeah, sometimes your your brain stops working. I think that sometimes you just over rationalize because you're like, no, this will work out. We just need some time to like figure it all out. Oh, yeah. it, they're they're too good looking for me to let go. Oh, we, can, <laughs> we can talk more about that codependency. That's not yeah, a problem. exactly. What about you? Oh boy, um, you know I have um, I've dated a mix of people. I dated older. I dated younger. Mm-hmm. I have been in a partnership. I have been engaged. I have been a boyfriend. I have been casually dating. So I've been sure. really, I besides being married, I have been all over the dating spectrum. 
Um, I think I'm definitely starting to learn more now that I'm, you know, 36. Uh, what all my friends have been trying to tell me for a very long time, <laughs> especially Andrew, uh, and in loving ways, I'm not saying anything about this, but that I need to date maybe a little closer to my age. Yeah, and you know, it's it, I I, th- I think it just took um you know it took a lot of heartbreak. To it's get trial there. and error. I it's mean... trial and error. And you know the thing is too is like you know you're, you're attracted to who you're attracted to. Yeah, and totally. you know for me, I'm super attracted to guys that are usually about like 26, 27. That's just like that's just how it works for me. Um, and so, you know, what I, what I'm starting to learn now as I get older beyond just that is that it's not just like you learned, it's not just about attraction. Yeah. There's a maturity level, there's a maturity level because there are really things that you, that you need that I should talk about myself. There are things that I need, Mm -hmm. um, emotionally and spiritually and of course physically, but, and also mentally and just, you know, the whole picture. And that's what I'm starting to look for again now. Good. And um, you know, I, I've dated some. I've dated a, a, some, not very many. Oh, Paul, really? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. But but uh, hear me out. I've dated some really nice guys. Yeah. Um, I can think of two right now. I won't name their names because they actually do listen to the show. Yeah. But a couple of really nice guys that are very sweet and very sweet to this day. And you know, I wish them the best. I, I enjoyed my time with them. And I've dated some real pieces of shit. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Right. We can talk more about that. But yeah, that's that's dating. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think that. And um, by the way, also, I'm still single. I think you're. <laughs> if anyone's that. looking, yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> um, I know. I think it's an important thing to point out when you said uh, that they they nice and maybe but maybe that wasn't there that wasn't enough for you in that moment and i think that that's okay i think that that's okay to say um i've dated a lot of people that were super sweet and nice and it just wasn't there and you can't explain it there's no word for it and there's no really good explanation for it so you just kind of have to be like this isn't this just isn't it right and you You know know? like i've i've been that for other people yeah exactly like oh my god me too right you know there there was a guy that i was dating um back in the fall of uh 2018 and he super cute liked him a lot i thought he had a great personality and then it just you know fizzled out for that very reason yeah and you know it hurts when you hear that but yeah you know something you can do about it like yeah you can't you what, can't take it personal you can't take it personally and i think the other thing that you learn as you mature in dating is that you cannot control other people yeah you can't it's the and, human condition right, we and can't really nor should you want to yeah if somebody doesn't really <laughs> want you then you need to move on yeah that's, that's called a stalker yeah and, yeah. and, and it's a, oh, oh, we'll talk more about that in our horror <laughs> movies um but you know getting away from trying to control people's hearts and their actions because you you Love, I think, should be about um, not just, like, loving you because you give me what I need. It should be about me really providing you with love and and other uh, other parts of care that enhance your life because I want to do that for you. Yeah. You know, not just, like, the selfish, I need, I need, Mm -hmm. I need. And that's what's great about growing older is that you start to learn that. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, to really put into perspective is um, love should not correlate to physical no, uh, I think that there's it, it, it's a part of it. No, it should not. It's a part of it, but there has to be the emotional too. Yeah, and I think a lot of people when they get in those relationships where they're like, "Oh my god, they're so sexy!" Like I can't I get enough right. of it. That only lasts so long before you're just like, "Where's the substance?" Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I do think it's interesting to think about us as as gay guys. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of pe- a lot of non LGBT people or you know straight people, whatever you want to say it, um, they go through high school and they go through adolescence and they get to experience they date. and they do date, 
And for a lot of us, and I think it's changing now, but for a lot of us of our generations, um, we didn't get that experience. No. So when we start doing it in college, and when we are also like starting to become our peak physical selves, mm-hmm. um, sexually and just like physically, we naturally do want to like have a lot of sex because you're a human and it feels good. Well, when I've you always, finally have a chance, you can do it. Yeah, I've always said that it's like it's going through like puberty 2.0. Yeah, like it's entirely. It's a new awakening that you didn't get to experience before when you went through it in teenagerhood. Big time. Um, I, I think that you're right. I think that that's probably changing as this gets more and more accepted by more and more of the U.S. But yeah. um, I still think that that's probably a part of it, and that's kind yeah. of where you know you go through the quote unquote slutty phase you yeah know? sure it's like, like it's like your second adolescence well yeah and you you want to experience those things and you did have never got a chance to so it's really pent up and it just kind of sure you know comes yeah. out and it but, just it just happens and i encourage it as right. long as you're safe be, be safe but go out and have fun yeah you know what i mean and i think that's it's a super important thing i think especially if you're lgbt because you know the the full physical um, uh, exploration of your existence, I think, is important to who you are. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people in the world that are telling you you can't do it. So go out there and do it and have yeah. fun and have sex. So Good. flipping the script a little bit here, sure. has yeah. there any has there any bit of time where you were the bad ex? Uh, okay, so I I really will be honest here. Mm-hmm. I have I have very rarely been the bad ex. Yeah, I, I'm when it comes to a relationship, I am usually the one that is head over heels mm-hmm. and I'm usually the one that is very, very giving and generous and like I'm going to do whatever I can for you. That yeah. kind of thing. So when things end, it's usually not me ending them. Um but there have been a couple of times. And there there was one last year um that was definitely I I probably should have been a little bit more careful with him. Sure. Um and uh and you I you, you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about because we 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 mentioned this before. But um you know I brought him around you guys and you know he met my friends and you know, I was, I, I don't really know why I did that, but I think I was doing it because I was like, well, I don't really know how I feel. And also like, I think I'm still a little fucked up from my engagement ending. Sure. And is this what I'm supposed to do right now? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, if I bring him around my friends, then maybe I'll find out. Yeah. Maybe I'll know if you guys like him and we all get along, like maybe that will be a clue. <laughs> but then we did like him. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys did like him and he, and he came around and then I, if I remember correctly in the timeline, I had to go to Atlanta right after that. And when I was in Atlanta uh, for work, I was just thinking about this guy and, and he was a very, he's a very nice guy. I was thinking about this guy and I just thought to myself, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And so he was texting me while I was in Atlanta and it, whatever, and then I got back and I, I took him out to a bar and I took him out for drinks. I didn't want to tell him over text. And I was yeah. like, you know, this this just isn't working out for me. He was not happy with me yeah. at all, which is fine. I understood. Um, and there were a couple of days of bad texts from him. Which <laughs> to, be, I, to be expected. Yeah, but, which yeah. I was completely gracious about. And you tell me whatever you need to tell me. I'm, and I'm sorry. I'm truly, I'm sorry. And I really do wish you nothing but happiness. And I'm just sorry this didn't work out. Yeah, that's so, fine. Yeah. So that was mine. How about you? Um, I don't think I've ever been like a crazy bad ex. Uh, mm. I think that I probably have led people on more than okay. I probably should have sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think in my, you know, early twenties to mid twenties, I just was really seeking, um, attention and anyone that would give it to me, sure. that was like a, a revelation and I would try to foster it as much as possible, Makes even sense. though all the time knowing that, yeah, this isn't going to work, but wow. I'm going to try to get something out of it. Yeah. Not, not monetarily or anything like that, but I, I need to see where this is going to go uh-huh. all the while knowing that it's not going to work out. Sure. And so 
I've been and I've I've broken up with people over text. I mean, I'm not yeah. I'm not an angel here. I mean, so. It happens, right? I mean, it's also the modern age. Yeah. So I don't think I've been horrible. Yeah. I've probably been irrational. That makes sense. You know, um, I, I'm not a very good at getting broken up with, though. Uh, I'm definitely a uh, I'm definitely an ugly crier. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> um, thankfully for you, it's been a long time. Of yes. course. Um, I'm, and I'm, I'm better about that now, but when I was younger, I was, I was not very good about it. Yeah. And I, you know, that's not me being, um, just to kind of extrapolate on it. That's not me being a bad ex, but I do, what I do wish, I, I don't regret it, but I do wish I could go back and just give myself advice mm-hmm. and remind myself that, you know what? Life is going to go on. Yeah. Everything, like, every time somebody would break up with me, it was the end of the world. It was the end of the world. Yeah. Like I, I was like, like deep darkness, sadness, terror terrible facebook posts song lyrics posting all the time (laughs) like listening to every sad song i possibly could making playlists like terrible things you're burning your cds right and like i mean like come on and and that is one thing i you know we we're all on twitter right and twitter is like a great place to like kind of just shoot out what you're feeling dark about and when we often see our friends of, of the podcast and our personal friends you know getting a little dark here and there like, dude, if you're listening to this right now and you're going through a heartbreak or you're sad because you've never had one or whatever, like, please don't like don't dwell there forever. Yeah. It really is better when you come out of that and just learn to love life again. Because I do feel people sense that people sense that totally. darkness and they're, you're not going to get um, a good feeling from people if you're putting a bad feeling out into the it, world. I agree with you. And you know, there's one thing that I finally understood this year. Well, uh, I mean, 2018. Revelation. But in the last year, and it is. It's a, it's a revelation. Um, and you know, I, I, I had a friend tell me this before. It's been my friend John, who lives in Montana. He told me before, because I remember he like just, just had a breakup and I had told him like, you know, don't worry about it. You're, you'll find the right person one day. Yeah. And he was like, and John, John's very, you know, John, John is very matter of fact. And he's, he's sometimes like he, you're like, where, where are your emotions? <laughs> um, but what he said really hit me. He said, or I won't. And he said it just like that. Hmm. And it just made, it didn't make sense to me then, but it makes sense to me now. Yeah. And I have finally come to the conclusion, like, you know what? If I, if the rest of my life I'm single, I'm okay with that. You it's gotta okay. learn to love yourself. You have got, I love myself a lot. And you have All to also learn to love yourself enough to accept someone else. Oh you know God, what I mean? Yes, totally. It's, you got to get to that point but, first. But you have to understand that if you, if you might end up on your own. Yeah. And if you do, what are you going to do? Right. Jump out a window? No, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Stay here with us because we love you. Yeah. And also you're a great person just as you are. Mm-hmm. You do not need somebody else to come in and like prop you up. It's great if you do. It enhances your life and it's lovely. But if you don't, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, and if you ever have you ever had like a crazy? Do you ever ha- do you have a crazy ex story? <laughs> Which one would you like? Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, keep it short. But is there ex. like a one a one time type thing? Um, thankfully, not a lot of crazy exes that like did stuff to me yeah. after the breakup. They were just more crazy just because of, of who they were yeah um what what i'll talk about because then i can just get this out and get it over with and i, and I will not talk about it very long but is my fiance max mm-hmm. fiance and i won't mention his name of course i'm i don't know maybe he listens to the show now and then um number one forgive him so goodbye but also number two like he the things that i learned in the end 
um, put him into crazy X category for me. Gotcha. And you know the way what I learned about how things actually ended and and the lies that he told. What was behind the smoke? What screen. was behind the smoke screen? And then the way that he acted after we broke up and I, and we had to take care of business together, like stuff that we had together mm-hmm. and stuff that we had to deal with. Um, just uh, unfortunately for him, handled extremely poorly. Yeah. Um, and I. I've said it to him before and I mean it still. I hope you get help one day. That's what I hope for you. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it at that. How about you for a crazy ex story? Um, thankfully, I've had pretty good luck. I think a lot of my exes are actually still peripheral friends. Like we're fine on Facebook together, yeah. like whatever. Um, I only have had one really bad one. And wow. um, it the, the, the breakup process lasted about three years. Oh, my God. Because um, he would frequent same places that I would just because we lived in a smaller town. And it was never okay for us to be in the same space together. And that lasted for a long time until I moved to Chicago. Oh, my and God. Sure as shit, I'm not even lying to you. First week in, living in Chicago, I'm crossing the street. And who's crossing right in front of me is that same person. He had moved to Chicago like a month earlier. So okay, I, yeah. All right. So wait, we're, we I, we have some questions on this. The, yeah. the the panel has a question. Sure. The panel would like to know: Did he move here because he knew you were moving here? I don't think so. Because we or were did not. He have, did he really have a job here? I think he really had a job here because we were not in like. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing with my life. You know okay. what I mean? And I'm not, I've never been like a huge overshare on Facebook. So there's no way that he would know. Oh my God. So I don't does, think does it, he, does he still live here? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Yep. Do you still have like mutual friends? Or no, anything? no. But I've, I've seen him every once in a while. Woo. But you know, it's, it's, seeing... it's also to a point now though, where it's it, okay. We we're over this now. Yeah, right. Like it's I mean, fine. I hope but, so. Yeah. I mean, but like seeing your, um, seeing your ex, is definitely one of the worst things in the oh, world. Oh yeah, like heart drops into your stomach. Oh my god, and like, it, and, and there's even those times when like you know rationally that your ex isn't there, but like you're worried that you're going to see them. So, yep. so you start to see them everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or people just, that like look like them. Or oh, that shit drives me crazy. It's insane. Like, I mean, mine is far away. Oh yeah, far yeah. Away. But like, I still get worried sometimes that like he might pop up there. I and, know, like, and then I'm going to have to deal with it. And then, and then. All the things that you tell yourself, oh, when I see I wouldn't them, deal it that I'll way. I'll do this. Yeah. But that all flies out the window. Emotions take over. When they're right there, you know you know what you really want to do is say the last word that you never got to say. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, <laughs> but you can't do that, you know. Because so. then you look like the crazy one. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, exes, love. Uh, you know, the, the the a good thing I've heard about love before, too, is that the price you pay for love is grief. Hmm. And it's something to think about, you know, because one day everything ends, you know, maybe you, you stay with somebody and they, and they die, you know, yeah. the, the price you pay for love is grief yeah, because you cannot be with somebody forever. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, you know, something to think about. It's something to think about as you consider love because you don't want to crush it so hard with your hand that you literally kill it. Yeah. You, you really have to respect, um, not just the person, and yourself, but also like the actual thing. You have to respect mm-hmm. love because it is really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Write that in your book. Good, yeah. put, I'll put it in the quote book. But yeah, put, put that in your <laughs> pipe and smoke it. All right. Well, I think that we have a special oh, little yes, treat right. so that can, is going to be coming up. Do you want to give a little it? bit of background? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, for a while, I directed a show here in, um, in Chicago 
the show was a cabaret show. It was around in Chicago for, I think, a total of 12 years. I directed it from years 5 to 10. Um, and it, it's, uh, it took place every year around Valentine's Day. It ran for about a month, usually, um, uh, in either a bar or in a theater. Um, it was a cabaret made entirely of monologues and, and original songs. Mm-hmm. My friend Anthony Roberts wrote it. Uh, great guy. Uh, lives in uh, Pennsylvania now. Um, and my friend Jessica, uh, one of my best friends, Jessica Childs, was in it. And, um, and a bunch of other people. And we had so much fun every year. Mm-hmm. And the content came from real breakup letters that people would send into us. And those could be either real letters or emails or text messages. Because those tend to be the most irrational. Oh, totally. (laughs) Facebook messages, voicemails, literally anything that came from your ex. But it had to be real. Mm -hmm. And it had to be not just like a story, but like an actual like communication. Yeah. That you guys could centralize. Put them together. Usually the show was about 50 minutes long. Mm -hmm. It was a hoot. It sold out every performance every year. It was so much fun. You actually got to see it. I did. Fun story. Uh, It was the night that Whitney Houston died. I remember. And that was was when you were still kind of new in the group, too, newish. So it was fun to like bring you into this whole Mm -hmm. thing. And so kind of full circle now. What we've done is we've created sort of an homage to that. An adaptation. Yes, an adaptation. And so we are calling this special surprise for you, for your Valentine's Day pleasure, The X-Files. And this is a radio play from (laughs) Friday the 13th. Ain't no sunshine when he's gone It's not warm when he's away Ain't no sunshine when he's gone And he's always gone too long Anytime he goes away I wonder this time where he's gone Wonder if he's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when he's gone And this house ain't no home Anytime he goes away I hope you rot in hell I'm literally going to kill you bury you, pay for your funeral because you're broke, and then piss all over your grave. Remember the good times? There were no fucking good times, you shit fuck! You were the worst mistake I ever made. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's It's over. I want you to know that I want no bad bud between us, and that I forgive you. I want you to move on and have a happy life, however you choose to do it. I cannot force you to get help, but I hope you will. At the end of the lease, our legal relationship to this living situation will be complete. On Monday, when you collect the rest of your things, you will need to relinquish the keys to the apartment to me. You will no longer have access to the apartment. You will receive no further contact from me as long as you honor this agreement. May your life be filled with happiness, good health, and love. I will look fondly on our good times together and the love we shared. All my very best. I've decided on the following. You get diversions on Fridays and Saturday nights. Drag bingo. You'll learn to love it. I get diversions on Thursdays and Saturday days. Billy's on Sunday nights and also the apartment bar on Wednesday nights. Strictly on the grounds that I was there first. 
The other knights are up for grabs, as are the other bars. At least this way, we won't run into each other. I'm assuming we're both better off with this plan. Good? Good. That way, I don't spend half the night glaring at you. This may seem silly, but you keep showing up while I'm having a good time, which is why I'd also prefer you to move out of this town. It's mine, baby. I'm really sorry about your father dying. Now, can you please stop making me out to be the monster that just left you? There were issues in our relationship. You have literally made everyone that we shared completely shut me out, and that hurts beyond words. I'm not making you out to be anything. I referred to you as the person I thought I would spend the rest of my life with. My Facebook post today was about my father and was honest about how I feel. I'm not making anyone do anything. They all just decided to block me for no reason. Just because we broke up? And what did you say? I already told you what I said. I've been honest with them. Everyone in my life has been completely ripped away. I'm not being mean. This is what you wanted. You wanted to go on your own. What did you expect? I've decided on the following. I get whatever bar I want on whatever night I want because I am a grown-up. I wish you could learn to be one of those. You weren't training wheels. I didn't know I would feel this way. I can't predict that kind of thing. Just try to chalk it up to that, because I had no malicious intent. I guess that's the risk we take when we put ourselves out there. Take care. Dear Nick, the stool you borrowed? I'd like it back. Additionally, there is a hairdryer at your house. I'd like that back as well. Let me know when you'll be dropping it off. Thanks. I'm happier than I have ever been now, and that's the truth. You charged my card on the 30th. I told you to wait until the 1st, and now I've been charged $200 in overdraft fees. The happiest I have ever been. No, it's two different communities. Adult baby, parentheses, age players, similar to daddy slash son, but like a step further, parentheses, and diaper lovers. I'm not quite an adult baby, but I almost am. What do you think? Your quietness is making me nervous. You want me to be completely real? I love the all caps fuck out of Charlie, period. At least she stands up for herself. Crazy? Fuck yeah, she is, exclamation point. Well, Lord, I had so much trouble standing up for your drunk ass, I guess. I actually appreciate you as a person. You should have never been allowed into our world. I came back here for three reasons. Myself, Charlie, and to help out. Didn't work out. Sucks. Oh, well, fuck it. Sucks. You slept around on her and now she fucking hates you. Actually, I was completely faithful to her while I had her. Just keep talking shit. Not trying to be a dick. You don't have to try. It's all the stuff before and after that just irks me. You imply that I wanted more from you, but are confused about what the more was. I did want a casual sex partner, and I was frustrated that you didn't seem up for that. I literally made it easy as possible for you to fuck me the week before you left, and you were like, Nah, brah, I'm just gonna partake in some live Twitter discussions and watch Coco. We are not on the same level at all, not even at a purely physical one, and that's fine. We don't have to be. But your ego and thinking I wanted a relationship with 
with you needs to get checked. And please do not write back and say that you're sorry, that you've learned to reconsider your presumptions, etc., etc., because every time you write me, it's a little more insulting than the last. Daniel, only robots say, there's a 25% chance I'll see you this week. Just do better and better for the next person. Can we just try to bury the hatchet, so to speak? I think it's trivial to let what happened before get in the way of adulthood. I know that you don't like me, but I would like to extend the invitation to at least be friendly with one another. Let me know what you think. I'm so sorry. I wish our timing would have worked out better. I am glad that we did finally get to meet. You are a really awesome person, and I do wish the best for you. I know I'm awesome. Thanks. Good luck. Anytime he goes away Anytime she goes away Anytime she goes away Well, wasn't that just so much fun? Wasn't that special? Yeah. So we want to give credit to our actors, uh, producer Michael, my husband, and Jessica Childs, Maddie's friend. Yes. uh, Directed by... Jessica Childs Conway, I should say. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Directed by Maddie. Hi, everybody. And edited by Andrew, who did a great job. Thank you. It was a ton of fun. Um, We had so much fun with this. We hope you guys did, too. Um, and we hope it makes your Valentine's Day a little bit brighter. Yeah, totally. So we'll be right back with What You Been Watching, Bitch. What You Been Watching, Bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back to some people's favorite segment. Brock, Some people's. Brock loves this one. We all love it. Oh, well, we all love it. It's one of my favorite ones, because I love to say, what you been watching, bitch? What you been watching, bitch? So welcome back, folks, to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. And in what you been watching, bitch, on this segment, we talk about what you, um, what you been watching. Bitch. So that's what we do. <laughs> so we're going to start. Andrew, um, give us what you've been watching. What's your first? My first pick tonight is the Netflix original show, You. Oh, what's, oh, I have not started watching this yet. Uh, starring Penn Badgley, I believe is how you say his last name. Tell me how you like it. I do. I really like it. It's um, it's kind of a story. It's a stalker story. Also, is this a series or a movie? It's a series. It's okay. 10 episodes so far. Um, and it's about um, a guy who is madly in love with a girl, but you kind of see it from the stalker's perspective. Oh. And you get his inner monologue of like, hey Beck, like i don't think this is good for you to be doing this like it's it's in his own thoughts um i'm we're about seven so, episodes in so it's thematic for today's show as well yeah mm-hmm. that is that's, yeah. that's, that's kind of creepy uh i really like it it's um 
you've got to suspend a little bit of disbelief. Okay. It's by the same people that do Riverdale, so it's got that kind that same of style. Yeah. All right. Um, but I really like it. I think it's fun, um, as much as a stalker story can be. Fair enough. <laughs> and, uh, it's, and it's on Netflix. You yeah. Said. And there's a lot of good twists and turns. I'm eager to see how it ends. Okay. That's so, cool. What's your first pick? Um, my first pick. Um, I've got three. Let's see. My first one. Oh, my first one is uh, is obvious. Um, it's not obvious, but it's really good. I don't know why I said obvious. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my first one is Horror Noir. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, it's on Shudder. It is a documentary um, about the uh, about the black community and horror films. Interesting. And it takes um, – there. it's not just one take. There's a whole lot of angles to the story, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they talk to uh, Jordan Peele quite a bit. Yeah. They, they, you know, they talk to folks that were involved with, uh, with Tales from the Hood. Um, they talk to Rachel True. They talk to a lot of, like, really great um, actual either artists – well, I mean, a- actors or directors or whatever. Yeah. But they also talk to a lot of black film film uh, uh, professors and, and critics. Okay, and it's a it's a fascinating look at black people in horror films yeah. from the beginning of film. Um, it's it's really interesting. I think it's a really unique way to celebrate Black History Month. No, uh, um, I've seen a lot of people throwing it out there that this is like one of the best documentaries they've seen in a long it's, time. It's great. So. Yeah. So if if you're into horror. Um, and you're not an asshole, and like you like being good to people. Mm-hmm. You should. I think you should watch this documentary. And it, it is, is on. It's on Shutter. Okay. So if you're a subscriber, watch it on there. It's fantastic. Cool. I'm into it. I want to watch it. I just haven't had a chance yet. You will. <laughs> We've literally been sitting in this room for about six hours today. It's truth. So. <laughs> it's truth. Um, my second pick um, to highlight these, uh, and I should say that these are not all recommends, but they are all things that I've been watching and I want to talk about. Yeah, sure. So uh, my second pick is Netflix's original movie Velvet. It buzzsaw still haven't seen this yet so okay um it's jake gyllenhaal renee russo tony collette lots of great people in it um, it should be great yeah it's, it's a and it's by a, a, a director that did um nightcrawler oh okay yeah with jake which, gyllenhaal. which i enjoyed yeah no i like i, I liked, liked nightcrawler quite yeah, a bit that, um, God, talk about anxiety yeah jesus this movie is all about like the art scene and there is a uh, a woman that her upstairs neighbor dies. She finds a bunch of art in there, and things go haywire from there. Um, and it's I think all about the exploitation of the art scene and kind of it's tongue in cheek a little bit when it comes huh. to uh, how people see art. And like, there's a part in it not giving any. This is not giving yeah, anything away, sure. but where he's he walks into a room and he's the the curator is like oh my god this is amazing art and he's like that's the garbage here's like the art over here so um overall i just i can't really recommend this movie i think that it's over bloated i think there's too many characters with too many storylines um i don't think i've heard anyone say no any, i know a lot of people good about it a lot of people do like it and that you know what if it, if it got you in a certain yeah, way like it, then yeah fine. that's fine it just wasn't for me i thought yeah. it was too many storylines um not enough substance and i don't know it just wasn't it didn't hit it didn't hit the right button for me so nope. i can't recommend velvet buzzsaw velvet velvet buzzsaw folks you heard it first here um, my next pick is um, one that I bet a lot of people are watching right now, too, is the third season of True Detective Ooh. on HBO. Um, I am a big True Detective fan. I thought season one was just absolutely brilliant. Season two, I felt a lot less so. Enthusiastic about Yeah, um, not, not all that great. 
Season three is definitely a return to the ethos of season one. Okay. Doing a great job. Mahershala Ali is fantastic. Stephen Dorff is wonderful. The woman who plays Mahershala's wife, I cannot think of her name right now for whatever reason, but she's great. Um, the storyline is, again, sort of that like American Southern Gothic like okay. true crime kind of thing. Um, I think they're doing a great job. Uh, it's a limited series. It ends at the end of this month, actually. So you should catch up. You should watch it. Highly recommend. Um, Mahershala Ali is one of our best actors in America right now. I think he's, he's having he's, a moment for sure. He's he's really really good. All right, cool. I might check it out. Yeah. We've we've watched season one and season two, and it never really hooked me quite yeah. like everybody else. Um, I I would say this one's a little bit easier to get hooked on. Also, okay. it, I'm just not. I'm not. A it's huge, not as complex. I'm not a huge true crime person. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't yeah. always like get me. Yeah. Like no, I don't no, know. No, sure. But, sure. Cool. Uh, so my final pick today is a Netflix movie as well. You can tell I've been watching a lot of Netflix. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're in like the drags of the TV season. So we're going into like uh, Netflix and Hulu and all those places and getting caught up. Right, of course. Um, this last one is called He's Out There. Oh. Have you heard of this? I haven't even heard of it. Wait, so, what is it on again? Um, it's on Netflix. Okay. It's, it's, it got Yvonne Strofsky. I think that's how you pronounce okay. her name. She was on the last season of Dexter as his kind of like love interest. Okay. And she's done some other stuff too. But yeah. um. This is a really simple um, breaking and entering home invasion type story. Um, It's not anything groundbreaking. Sure. But if you like those kind of movies, I think it's a decent one to like, if you have nothing else to watch watch and you want to watch it, you can. So if you like movies like, Mm. um, I don't know, like uh, The Strangers or Your Next or those kind of like home invasion movies with a little bit of a twist. Hush. um, Hush is a good example. Yeah. Um, If you like those kind of movies, if that's like your thing, give this one a chance. I don't think it's going to blow your mind, but it's called He's Out There. mm -hmm, But I think it's a decent, it's. The one thing that I appreciated about it was the kid actors. The kid actors are actually pretty good in it. Which is so rare. Yeah, I know. Wow. But yeah, so he's out there. He's out there. Yeah, what's your final pick? Uh, My final one is also a Netflix pick. It is a limited series called Black Earth Rising. Okay. This is probably not on a lot of people's radar. Um, yeah, I it, haven't heard of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good stuff. Um, it uh, it stars Michaela Cole, um, who uh, is an English actress. I believe her family is from Ghana. Um, she uh, was in Black Mirror in multiple episodes. Okay, um, she's she's really really good. John Goodman is also in this movie. Random, um, which is oh, not movie. Uh, uh, pardon me, series, which is random, and he does a great job playing a very straight laced lawyer. Okay, so it's it's pretty like out. So of, is this like a serialized show? It's it's, or, a, it's okay. a series. So it, I think there's a total of seven or eight episodes. I can't because when you said it, I almost thought it was probably like a documentary or something. Yeah, like yeah. The I mean, title of it. Well, I, I, it's it's sort of half series and half documentary because it's all about rwanda okay um and you know rwanda happened in i think what like 92 um so it's you know it's it's pretty far back there now but uh the horrors of it still live on yeah and the international criminal court with the un is still prosecuting war criminals from uh the rwandan genocide and this this show is all about that okay and so michaela is the daughter of a woman uh, who adopted her from rwanda and she, um, her mother is is prosecuting like one of the top generals from Rwanda that they just captured, and the story just kind of unfolds from there. Okay, uh, it's a great show. If you don't know anything about Rwanda and and the genocide, it's a great way to learn about it. In a, there's no other way to say this in an entertaining way. I yeah, mean, you, 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 you you just did you did air quotes which nobody can see. Right, but that's exactly. Fine. <laughs> um, but it's it's really good. It's it's poetic. It's beautiful. It, it has different animation and live sequences that I think make it really interesting. 
highly recommend um, okay. Black Earth Rising. On Got Netflix. it. Perfect. Love yeah. it. All right. So that will do it for What You Been Watching, bitch. What You Been Watching, bitch. Now we have our horror and media segment. So we will be right back <sighs> with our first movie of the night. Won't you be my Valentine? He loves me. Why is it that the one day of the year... He loves me not. Everyone is afraid to be alone. He loves me. Is Valentine's Day. He loves me not. He loves me. Tis a well-known fact that beauty is skin deep. Savor the taste, you are what you eat. Welcome everybody to the horror and media section of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Today we are doing a double bill of, you know, just movies about love. I mean, it's yeah, love. Um, I'll, in different ways. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. You know, different murderous, terrible, <laughs> crazy ways, which and, is how love can be sometimes. And our first movie tonight is 2001's Valentine. God, also, 2001, that is 18 years ago. I know, crazy, right? So, welcome to Feeling Old, everybody. <laughs> um, and here's the plot synopsis of... Um, uh, Valentine. So, uh, Valentine actually comes from a novel called Valentine by author Tom Savage. Um, and this film uh, stars Marley Shelton as Kate Davies. And Kate's in a troubled relationship with uh, her journalist a boyfriend, Adam Carr, played by none other than David Boreanaz. Looking his most angel as <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh my God, totally. This is, this is classic angel. Um, and he is a problem drinker. Uh, but she receives support from her best friends, the same four girls she's known since grade school. Paige Prescott, played by none other than Denise Richards. Uh, Dorothy Wheeler, played by Kate... Uh, I said it right there. Yep. <laughs> Jessica Capshaw, not Kate Capshaw. Shaw, Kate Capshaw is her mother, Lily Voigt, uh, and Shelley Fisher, who's played by Katherine Heigl. Uh, when Shelley is murdered and the other girls begin receiving gruesome Valentine's Day cards signed JM, they begin to speculate that the killer could be an awkward schoolmate named Jeremy Melton, who they once tease mercilessly at a school dance, leading to his beating and humiliation. Dorothy, in particular, is afraid uh, that a false accusation she made against Jeremy back then might be causing him to seek bloody retribution. But the macho detective, um, what's his name? Detective Vaughn, right? Yeah, Vaughn. Um, assigned to investigate um, Shelley's murder. You more has, like investigate Denise Richards. Oh my God, he's such a sleazeball. Uh, has some other suspects in mind. Um, so that's the basics yeah. of the plot. Thank you, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, <laughs> whoever wrote that was actually really good. Um, and yeah, then it just starts to become the movie called Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. So you um, you picked this one. Tell me, yeah. tell me a bit about it. So the reason I picked this is because it kind of is... And uh, also, just to tell you, I had not seen this. Oh, really? I realized Never, that I, ever? Had, I, had, I didn't remember anything about it, so I, I definitely did not well, see it. Well, it's the same director as Urban Legends. So there's that for Blanks, one. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then for two, this just came in like the wake of all of like the scream and like that. That's what awoke in these kind of movies yes. again. So in this one, it just for some reason stands out in my brain. I think I had it on VHS and I kind of like <laughs> watched it all the time because it's a good like put on put on in the background movie. Yeah, it's not really have to like you, pay attention. You don't really have to like get complex with it. Yeah, right? it's just it's a it's a movie. It's a slasher movie. Right, it's a slasher movie. Yeah, which is sometimes honestly that's a great thing. Yeah, sometimes I don't need um really complex to characters. Think so much. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes yeah. I just want. A movie that, you know, I can sit there and have a glass of wine to and, you know, not have to worry about it. Agreed. Um, I think it's funny that the at the very beginning we get um, Katherine Heigl in a very supporting role. It's oh very God, weird to see her. 
Um, it was weird to see David Boreanaz in anything yeah. but Buffy and Angel. Seriously. Right, right. <laughs> um, and he actually is not very good in this. You know, I don't think that anyone, you know, I don't think it surprises our audience to learn that there were no Oscar nominations yeah. in this film. <laughs> Um, However, I do think um, Denise Richards is being her best Denise Richards. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? I, I think she is. I think if you really have to look at all the all the actresses together, I, I think she does the best. I do too. To be honest with um, you. And the thing, the thing that I, you know, I think that there's a lot of problems with this movie. I think that we'll get to all that stuff. Yeah, but sure. the one thing that I do think it does really good is it sticks to its theme. Like the movie's called Valentine, and we get all aspects of dating. We get point. we get the speed dating. We get the video dating. We get um, going to an art installation with a new boyfriend. Yeah. We get having the old boyfriend that has the problem that you know you need to break up with, but just can't quite let go right, of. Right. We have the girl that just like wants to have sex. Like yeah. so, if, if as far as like the writing and everything goes, I think it does a good job of staying like on point. Like on sure. on you know, this is a movie called Valentine. We're gonna show you valentine's day stuff right, like that right. kind of thing like yeah. they get cards in the mail they get chocolates like it's it's classic yeah. love for around valentine's day so i will give it that do you think that the um do you think that the bullying of jeremy melton uh-huh do you think that that gets lost I think that they don't play it up enough. I, I completely agree with you. Because you, you kind of get just like, I, I wish we could have seen a little bit more of what he went through rather yeah. than just like a dis, like a dump, and, you know, like where he was like, oh, and then he went to correction school and then he got in the foster system. And then, yeah. well, like, I wish we could have seen but a little bit lose. more of that. Yeah, I mean, you lose all that because it's like you, you, it's, you, you weren't taught to really care about it during yeah. the course of the film. So when it's said, it's like it goes in one ear and out the other almost. And then you're also set up with all these like false killers like yeah. you're like oh maybe it's this person maybe it's this person right, right. but it doesn't do a great job of doing that yeah, it kind you kind of know who the killer is kind of right away yeah for sure like if you really think about yeah. it yeah um i do think the killer's kind of inventive i think the mask is creepy the mask um, is definitely creepy i mean when <laughs> so some of the things that we can get into yeah that maybe are a little off or weird about this movie yeah the first thing that came to mind was why is their iron always plugged in isn't that a fire hazard? So I'm I'm a big ironer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I iron a lot of things. Um, although I've been using a steamer more recently, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, unplugging the iron for me is like a thing that I will I will leave like the middle of my commute to go home and make yeah. sure I did. I know. You know I'm I mean? obsessive compulsive about it. If, and, and, and if I don't do that, I freak out that not only will my apartment burn, but like the rest of the block will burn down. Yeah. And then they're going to like put me in jail forever. So right. I get very nervous about it. I'm there with you. So really, that's why it I stuck out to me. Yes, completely. Um, and also like irons kind of scare me a little because they're so hot. Yeah. So like getting killed by an iron Ugh. or at least getting hit by an iron, like what happens in this film. Yeah. That always freaks me out. Um, so yeah, I thought that was, a, that was a good thing that the director did just for me. Yeah. Thank you for scaring <laughs> just me. I do think Appreciate that it. the, uh, the killer has a unique set of skills that he utilizes in this oh movie. Oh my God. Can we, yeah. Can we talk um, about that? He is a, an, a, a professional archer. Uh, he is a crafty drillsman. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, is also a baker. Uh, Which, he, uh also, he, he makes his own cards. He's very, he, he probably has an Etsy store. Um, he has like the scissors that, yes. that, that, that like cut out the pattern. Yeah, like a ribbon cutter. A, like a ribbon cutter. Um, the, 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 can we talk about the drill scene yeah, right away? Yeah, sure. The, so that, this is, um, the, uh, pages, pages death. death scene. And so he, he comes to, or I should say the killer comes to find her. 
um, when she's in um, her hot tub. In the hot tub at the party drinking yeah, champagne. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is what everybody does. And also when you... That's where I would be. Right. But you, I love it how you flash over to the champagne and it's a bottle of Dom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you're just opening up a bottle of Dom for yourself right yeah, now. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, so like, he catches her and like somehow she gets underneath like the cover yeah, of, of, uh-huh. the, of the hot tub. And the cover is clear, right? So he magically has a drill i don't yeah. really know why he brought it with him but i mean yeah, yeah. why not who yeah. doesn't who doesn't carry a drill with a bit that is like three feet long and so he <laughs> reminded starts... me of the drill from um lumber oh, party yeah, massacre yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. when i think about it no totally um and so he starts stabbing the the um, plexiglass the cover. plexiglass and of course she can see it so it's, it really is like a terrifying scene. yeah yeah the part um, i didn't get in that though is where she like tries to breathe out of the holes <laughs> and i'm like you have plenty of room to breathe she but... does completely yeah, I know. she puts her mouth there i mean like I get it. It adds to the horror, of course. Um, but th- I thought that scene was actually particularly well done. Yeah. I liked that. And you I know, thought it was a good kill scene. I think early Denise Richards, I can't really speak to anything yeah. that she does now, but I'm talking... Um, Where is she now? She's a desperate housewife now. <sighs> she could do so much I more. know. Um, I, I really liked her in Wild Things. Uh, Wild Things. I like her in this movie. Dropped at Gorgeous, of course, we've already talked about. I think she's got a solid little career there. Totally. She's Denise Richards. Yeah, and I don't know what happened. I, you know, hopefully she has her renaissance. Yeah. Because I think, I think she honestly deserves it. And yeah. I think she'd be fucking cool and a whole lot of stuff coming out now. Some of the other cast we have, um, Dorothy, who uh, you said is played by uh, Kate Capshaw's daughter, Kate, right? Yeah. And if you don't know who Kate Capshaw is, um, I'm hoping that you've seen Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Right. And she plays Willie Scotts, um, the, uh, the singer uh, from the club in Shanghai. Um, so, and Kate Capshaw was also Steven Spielberg's uh, wife. Ex- yeah, ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. Ex-wife. Um, so this is her daughter playing it. Um, I don't think she's a particularly gifted actress. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest with She you. plays a stuck-up bitch kind of good, though. She, she does play that well. I wish there might have been a little bit more nuance, but that's okay. She's Sorry. very stiff. Yeah, she's, she's pretty stiff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think she played Dorothy just fine. She has that super hot um, kept man that oh she had. What's his name? Campbell. Cam- oh, my God. We'll talk Campbell. more about him later in our yeah. uh, last segment. Yeah, but, also, one of the um, one of the the kills that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, because why why are you killing him? I, it, I it, it didn't make. There's there's no reason to kill him. He's the only one though. Yeah, and then you know somebody made a. Uh, I think it was real horror queen um, on her website. I was reading a review that she wrote about this. She made a point about sort of like the pointless kills, mm-hmm. and he's one of them because he's just then he's, he's just, just there. He's just down there, and nobody ever discovers it. Yeah, and then there was another uh, one of the girls like gets like put into um, a dumpster and nobody finds her for, yeah like, i did days. find that so was it's, hilarious it's just like, like and nobody's calling well, her and you know what anything? the weird thing is about that and the, the weird thing about that is is that Paige is her roommate it's exactly. not like it's not like she lives alone and you would just be like oh well she went on a business trip like yeah, like you, you would have seen her you know that she's not there yeah and you know so. and you know that there's probably something wrong so yeah. perhaps they just didn't think about that yeah. in the writing very well or you know perhaps our characters didn't think about that while all their other friends are being stalked <laughs> and killed <laughs> right exactly i don't know yeah, maybe like, we should check on her there's uh, yeah there there are some some holes yeah that i would have been filled. Um, I think the other kill that was kind of, I, I, I don't think I've really seen this in a horror movie unless I'm mistaken, but, um, the killer actually gets caught disposing of a body and that's why he has to kill the rich, oh, like spoiled that's girl, right. yeah, 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 yeah. um, who's like Campbell's ex-girlfriend right. or whatever. Uh, I thought that was kind of fun just because I was like, Oh, that's she just like stumbled upon the killer yeah. disposing of a body. Now you die too. <laughs> And yeah. her, her kill was pretty good. I got really frustrated, though, because I was like, if you just would have stayed in the sauna, you would have been fine. 
you didn't need to leave three minutes after the killer was there. Um, can but. I tell you about my favorite line in the movie? Sure. My favorite sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Dorothy, when she was a child, um, and she and and this, this goes back to when Jeremy Melton was was bullied really badly mm-hmm. at the, at the school dance. It was the Valentine's dance. Which is actually important to say. Yeah. Um, so at the Valentine's dance, he wanted to dance with all the other girls, and nobody would dance with him. I'd rather like, be boiled alive. Right, because he's like the nerdy kid or mm-hmm. whatever. But the one girl that will dance with, well, not dance with him, but like make out with him, like underneath the bleachers, is Dorothy. And when Dorothy was a kid, she was a bigger girl. Yeah, probably very insecure. Right, very insecure. Um, so, anyways, like flash forward all these years, the girls are asking are, are asking her about like that that moment in the gym. Um, and she was like, well, you remember how I looked back then. And then one of the girls is, is like, well, you were big, you were big boned. And the other girl says you were plump. And then Dorothy <laughs> says, I was fat. <laughs> it's just, I heard that. I, I laughed for, yeah, for a while. Was, I, thought, was, I thought it was, funny. it's, it's an interesting choice. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I do wish that they would have explored the bullying more. I mean, yeah, I, I know I agree. this is 2001. So this is a long time ago, but like the bullying of a kid that led to him like being beat up yeah. and like in front of like, all of his classmates. That, mm-hmm. That's actually pretty terrifying to think about. Especially at like a dance. And Michael, yeah. Michael watched this movie with me and um, halfway through that dance scene, he's like, is there no parental like, or like a, like a supervisor or whatever <laughs> yeah, they call them? Where are the adults? <laughs> like, where, where are the chaperones yeah. here? These kids are, are out of control. So we should talk about the, the actual killer, the, yeah, the Cupid sure. killer. Um, right. it, it's got a kind of a trick ending. The if you want to, Killer. If you want to call it that, it's trick ending. Um, where you are led to believe that Dorothy is the killer because Dorothy. she gets she d- jumps out and then uh, gets shot by David Boreanaz's character. The mask is unveiled and it's Dorothy, and you're like, oh, well, that's kind of not the ending I was expecting really? Dorothy, because Dorothy did this all up to this point. We were led to believe that it was David Boreanaz's character. That's kind of weird. But wait, there's more. And then we get the weird thing that. The um, automatic nosebleeds that happen when he gets overwhelmed or excited. The killer, or... the killer we've seen through the mask has had a nosebleed throughout the entire. He needs film. to get that looked at. Yes, and then at the very end, of course, we see that who has the nosebleed? <laughs> David Boreanaz. So duh, he's the real killer. He's the real deal. Which is probably my least favorite part of this movie. Is yeah. kind of like trick, you know, quote unquote trick it's ending. A total trick. They, they try to pull. Um, it doesn't work very well. It's kind of dumb. Was there a Valentine part two? No. That's what I thought. No. And I actually had a decent budget. I had like a $10 million budget. $10 million budget. I think it made, I think it made, I I saw it earlier. Maybe it didn't make very much, but it it made its money back. Yeah. So I'm just kind of surprised it didn't get a sequel, to be honest with you. This was the time when everyone got a sequel. I still know what you did last summer, Scream 2, 3, 4, all that that jazz. Be careful what you wish for, because there could be a Valentine's reboot. I'd be into it, actually. I mean, yeah, I I would definitely see it. I don't think I would be totally excited for it. But but, that being said... The bones of the movie are not that bad. No, it's 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 a. I think it's a good idea for a thriller and a slasher. I just wish that they could have done it a little bit better. And yeah. and you know the director himself even admitted that much. It's a little sloppy. It's sloppy, but it's also two thousand one. People were sloppy with a lot of shit back then. For God's yeah. sake, we, I mean we got into and a, they we were, got into a fake war in America. Like I mean, come on. You know well, I mean? and they People were really mistakes. like pushing these slasher movies out real hard at this time because everyone wanted to bank on the success of like Scream and I know you did last summer and all those movies. Yeah. So. Well, and the other, the other thing. To think about with 2001 too is the movie industry was weird then because yeah. of 9-11 right and nobody really knew what to put out 
when we had like the biggest terrorist attack we'd ever had in America. Like, yeah. what, what great, what movie do I produce now that right. are, gonna, that are going to want What's to go appropriate? see? Yeah. Especially in horror. Mm-hmm. So this terrible, I can't believe we're talking about this, but it just came into my mind. All these things just happened. Do I really want to make a horror movie right now? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get so, it. So that's something for us to think about. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to talk about in regards to Valentine? <sighs> um, you know, if you're going to send me a Valentine, don't send me any of these. Don't send uh, maggots in your chocolates? No. Yeah, in fact, just don't send me any chocolates. I, I, my, my ass doesn't need any more chocolate <laughs> right now. But if you're going to send me a card, send me a nice one. Yeah. So uh, we grade here on Friday the 13th on a <coughs> one to Pardon seven me. scale representing the seven colors of the rainbow. rainbow so, flag. Maddie, I will give you the first crack at grading uh, Valentine. I, I honestly cannot remember what my lowest rating was. Um, but I'm going to give Valentine a three. Okay. I'm just slightly above you at a 3.5 just because yeah. I have I just have fun with the movie. Right, right. Um, I'm not saying that it's a masterpiece by any oh, means, no, but no, I, no. I watched it twice this week. Yeah. I mean, I mean th- there's something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think these are fair ratings for yeah. this. OK, well, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with our final review of Swim Fan. Dive in. What's up, ladies? Hey. Mm. My swimming buddy. Then Cronin thought he had it all. Scouts are coming next week. It might actually happen, huh? Yeah. Can you picture it? Good friends. Oh, break a wand! I just remember why we broke up, John. She couldn't handle me in bed, or? <laughs> and a bright future. So, Madison Bell. Dude, she is so smoking hot. You know I'm playing on here in that little southern accent when she moans my name. I can't get this stupid thing open. Do you think you could? Take a look, yeah. What's the letter for, Ben Cronin? The letter is for swimming. Are you good? I'm okay, yeah. But he never imagined. What are you doing here? One moment. Okay, I want you to. Could change everything. Hope you're ready to dive in with us because we are going to be talking about an exceptionally wet movie. (laughs) I was wondering the word you were going to use there. (laughs) I know, right? Actually, to be honest, I kind of was too. I was like, oh, wait, just use wet. Um, So this is uh, our next film in horror and media. We're talking about Swim Fan, yet another um, movie that looks at uh, love uh, in a very unique way. In a, in a new and exciting way. Yeah. Um, so, Andrew, why don't you uh, take us on a swimming lesson and get us in the pool? <laughs> how many how many of these puns are we going to do? We're going to do as many as we possibly can. <laughs> All right. Swim fan, uh, in, in brief, is the story of a... Uh, oh, oh, man. It happens. Oh. Don't worry. Uh, that, that was a gremlin, people. <laughs> get, get out of here. Get out. Of a uh, aspiring high school swimmer who has a one night stand, and that one night stand leads to an obsession that comes with a lot of consequences. I think that's the best way to put it. I think that's a good synopsis. The notable cast here is Jesse Bradford, uh. um, Erica Christensen, mm-hmm. um, Sherry Appleby, mm-hmm. uh, and oh God, what's his name from? It's the son of Jason Ritter. Jason Ritter, mm-hmm. which I have some things to say about his character that I'd be getting your opinion on in a little bit. Here. Also, he's actually kind of sexy too. Yeah, to in, in his own way. Um, and who plays Christopher Dante? Who plays him? Um, uh, James DeBello. Okay. Yeah, I don't. He looks he looks familiar, but I couldn't quite place him. Um, 
But yeah, so this movie opens with our two lovebirds, uh, Jesse Bradford and Sherry Appleby. They are making out in a car. Uh, and then the new girl comes to town, played by Erica Christensen. She is a mysterious new girl who has a thing for Jesse Bradford. And they go out to dinner uh, one night after she leaves her uh, book in his car. And then they go to the pool for some reason where Erica Christensen... I'm not ready for this night to be over yet. ...seduces him. What do you have in mind? And then we go on a subsequent crazy rant of her trying to mess up his life so that she will be with... Or that he will be with her. Yeah. And not with his current girlfriend who he who he says he's in love with Amy. but didn't need to uh, too much persuasion to yeah. get in the pool with Erica Christensen. Yeah. And I, I, I have some... some as as usual, I have some more like thoughts that ruin everybody's fun. Um, <laughs> it's okay, but I'll we'll, we'll come back to those later. But I do want to say, you know, James DeBello because he was in uh, Cabin Fever, yeah, uh, Scary Movie Two, yes. and he's also in American Pie. I can't think of who he was in American Pie, but he's in it. Apparently, he, he's one of those actors that always plays like the crazy guy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think that he was like a '90s slash early 2000s like character actor, sure. basically. So we've probably seen him in a lot more than yeah. that too. I would imagine. I love seeing Sherry Appleby here because oh, God, um, I was a huge Roswell person. I don't know if you know Roswell. I do know Roswell. Um, yeah. I was a huge fan of that show. I have it all three seasons on DVD. If you want to borrow them, um, <laughs> can we just talk about the elephant in the room though? What? Um, the elephant in the room is this, is if you were gay and you were, uh, attracted to other men or if you like men, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I don't actually. Listen, listen, Jesse Bradford in this movie is so cute. Yeah, he's cute. I've always been like Gaga over him in Swim Fan. I like, think I love um, him in Swim Fan. He's I'm, so cute. I'm more into him and bring it on. Oh, he's good in that too. So he is. just he plays a little bit more like punky. Or do you did you did you see um, Hackers before? Ah, uh, yeah, but it's been a real long time. He's, he's in that too. He's really cute in that too. But I mean, of course, in this he's in a speedo quite often. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing. To not enough, at. in my opinion. But not that's enough. fine. You do. There are some choice moments. You can Google them. They look good. I just feel like they should have took the route of the Covenant. And just sexed it up a bit. I mean, what's wrong with the male sexuality? Well, I mean, that's actually that leads into my spoil everyone's fun moment. Okay. So thinking about um, swim fan, I, I, I I've seen it before. Of course, this was not my first time. Um, and I I always try to find like what could be you know really critically analyzed at the heart of any of at any film really, but but with horror films especially because it's the podcast that we do. So thinking about swim fan, it really made me think about how. We expect kids to exist in the same paradigms of love that we provide them. Mm -hmm. So, like, why do we expect children that are younger than 25 before the frontal lobe fully develops, which is when you do finally have a full capacity of your brain to make better rational decisions? Okay. So, why do we expect people who don't actually have that brain power to make good decisions about love and sex? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. And so it's the, the, the thought that I kept having was, okay, well, obviously there's no justification for what Madison does in this movie. I mean, mm -hmm. she's, she's a criminal and she probably has a very serious mental illness. We know that. But like how much of obsession and how much of like that kind of culture comes from the toxic paradigms that we give kids to follow? I do don't know. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just, I wonder if we were to to actively create as adults around them 
to help them figure out different ways of, of exploring who they are and their identity, you know, th- and that includes, you know, sexually, mentally, physically, like who you are without like having to have like a boyfriend that you have to like, like fake that you're going to marry. You yeah. Know what I mean? like, yeah. And they even talk about that in, in the film because he gets into college. He's about to get into college at Stanford. Mm-hmm. She's about to go to probably Brown in Rhode Island. Yeah. And so like they're talking about how they're going to be all the way across the country. And what should we do? 3,000 miles. Right. The, the, the correct answer there from any like good adult would be you're going to go to different schools and you're going to have good lives. Yeah. That's what you're going. You're not going to worry about sacrificing something now right when you're this young yeah you know like i think that if it's meant to be you'll come back into each other's lives right and frankly you're too young you shouldn't worry about it should not be on your mind girl shouldn't be on your mind some fun things that i took from this movie Mm -hmm. is that it all takes place over five days which (sighs) is kind of insane when you told me that i could i i mean it makes total sense but i also couldn't believe it i I was just like we've escalated very quickly here (laughs) i mean it's it's faster than you know moving in god and some of the some of the lines in this are just so cringy (laughs) like And that I, I think the one that I wrote down was uh, when he is confronting Erica Christensen's character, and uh, he he says, um, "I feel like you are misunderstanding our relationship in a very fundamental way." Yeah. You don't like, say. That's not something a teenager says, but that's fine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, another thing that I thought was fun, um, because of the time period being in 2002, uh, we have The Club, which if you don't remember, if you're too young to remember The Club, this was a classic TV, uh, as seen on TV product that would help you lock your car. Yeah. Uh, it locked your steering wheel and he gets scolded by his mother for not, I told you to lock this car with The Club. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's also the first moment that we realize that she's starting to get a lot more serious yeah. about what she's doing in her stock. And she is I'm like, she is, and I use this it's word scary. in like in in the in the nicest of terms, but she is not mentally sane. No, like she's got some issues, like, and we find out that ones. she moved here. And this is another part I want to talk about. But she moved here um, to get uh, solace from her boyfriend, who was also in a car accident and is now in a coma. Uh, we don't ever get any resolution from that. We don't know no. if he comes out of a coma. And, uh, whatever. <laughs> Another thing this movie leads, yeah, right. leaves. Um, I did think it was funny that the um, grandma who uh, they are staying, she's staying with, is like very excited that she's meeting a boy. And I was like, um, hit her. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's possible that like nobody knows what she's up to except right. except for Christopher, right? Because and that's her, just, her cousin, well, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, her cousin. And uh, further, like, I, I mean, I get it because we you just have to suspend your disbelief. I understand that, of course, but like the even the nature of how she attacks um, right. uh, Jesse Bradford's character, uh, who is named Ben, Ben. Um, she attacks Ben over and over again, and these things happen. Everyone thinks that it's Ben because he used to be a, a, tra- a problem kid himself. It's very like um, fatal attraction yeah. teenager. The, there's part of me that's just kind of like, oh, now we're going to have like the mean detective who comes yeah. in, who like, <laughs> doesn't believe him, yeah, who arrested him before. Like, it's I thought that was a little much. Yeah, and I also I, did, I, th- I think that they gave her. She has a little too much power in this movie. No kidding. Like, well, how um, is she able to pull this shit off in five fucking days? Yeah, and like, and it's like, it's other things. Like, man, that you'd have to be like an expert at timing. Like, how did she really 
change the medication on that cart with nobody noticing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, or how stuff. did she get the gun away from the cop while handcuffed and able to shoot both of them and get out of the back seat, which you wouldn't be able to because the back seat's always locked. Yeah. Uh, like she, you, that's like shit you have to go through like, like special forces training for. Yeah. And like, she didn't do that. She plays the cello. Right. So like, she's a little too young, little too unexperienced but you know it's still fun to watch of course but we got to poke holes in something yeah the one thing i did appreciate about this movie and this is just coming from my own experience is that they both of our main characters had jobs which i thought was very interesting it's a good point um he was kind of a uh, a pill pusher at the um at the hospital, hospital. Yeah. so he'd go around where, where, and, like, where his mom also where his works. mom also works yeah. and she was a waitress and i thought that was very interesting because usually in That's these type point. of movies you don't see teenagers having jobs it's yeah. usually like spoiled rich kids going through some yeah, stuff I you guess, know i guess it really is sort of like it's funny because the one that is that is the richest in, in the town is madison mm-hmm. you know because they live in this really super nice house and yada yada she plays cello Everyone else is pretty much working class. Yeah, there. it actually when at the beginning of the movie we get kind of a montage of him driving around town. Yeah, and it really reminded me of actually of Bloomington. Like oh, it kind of you know kind of gave me that vibe. Now that you say that, that makes sense. And Bloomington, folks, is where I went to, to school in Indiana. Give me that I, small I, town vibe where everyone knows you and you yeah. know that kind of thing. Um, some other things that I thought were. Uh, interesting in this movie is that the her cousin looks exactly like a grown-up version of the killer in valentine uh, when he's a kid yes, uh, yes, they have yes, the same yes. glasses i think they even wear the same color shirt it's very strange that these That's, movies are tied that way that is strange um and then the ending um we get kind of this ending where uh madison abducts amy and takes her to the pool where she's going to drown her essentially so uh no one can love me like i can love or no one no can one love, you. love you like i do yeah. <laughs> and she pushes her into the pool uh another part where i was like man if he's a champion swimmer he can't get to her very quickly and no. cannot hold his breath for very long no so. <laughs> he can't i mean he, he sure fucking tries but damn and we learn earlier on in the movie that madison doesn't know how to swim uh he pulls her in when she tries to hit him with a um the pool cleaner it's like a pole yeah kind of thing. Um, yeah and she gets pulled in and drowns and there you go. And then we get Matt. I want Maddie. You want to tell me about the last scene of this movie and how it, how it really, you know, cult, cultivates the whole entire movie and closes it with this yeah. great punctuation so, point. So everything is, everything's resolved. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's a scene of Jesse Bradford, Ben at the, um, at the swim meet. Cause he's been suspended. He's been at suspended. The, Cause she put, um, steroids in urine, his right. whatever. In his urine. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so he's watching the swim meet. And then he leaves the swim meet and he goes to the car where Amy is his 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 old girlfriend has now apparently, apparently forgiven him. current girlfriend. He gets in the car and then they just drive down the street. The end. Nothing. That is literally the end. It and mind you, I like this movie, but the ending is dumb. Yeah, it makes no sense. No, I mean, it makes sense. It just ends. But like, how often do you want uh, films? Which are supposed to make the ordinary extraordinary. Mm-hmm. That's the point of theater, film, whatever. It just ends. Yeah. It is so boring. You're sitting there going, wait a minute. And actually, when I rewatched it, this because I haven't watched it in a long time, of course, I rewound it twice. just Because you were like, sure wait, is that, that right? I, like, did I miss something? Did I miss something happening that I just didn't see? And then I made sure also to go through all of the credits. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe is there like a post Bonus scene or something? Yeah. And there's not, of course. So yeah, the, the end is a 
big problem. Yeah. Um, and it will definitely take off some stripes for me today. So two things I would like to just quickly talk about. Sure. Um, one thing is I really feel like this movie, and then this is on a rewatch because I've definitely seen this movie a couple times. Oh, yeah. And watching it now, I just felt like everyone was kind of asleep. Like everyone was just like... Dialing it in. Yeah, just like... Yeah, well, I can see that now. Do you love me? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Everyone just felt like in slow motion. The, um, the stakes don't seem to be very high. Yeah. And like, I, I do like the part of the story that Ben is um, a kid that went to jail for drugs. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, he was in trouble with the law before and, you know, and that he's got his life back on track. But it also is, you know, a tenuous thing. He's worked so hard at swimming and he's got a good origin story Proving there. himself. And he's about to get into Stanford. Um, if he just does well in the swimming, basically. Right. But the stakes for him never really seem to be all that high yeah. in his acting. And it's, that goes for everybody. It's I, just I like, totally agree. It's like, oh, well, you're going to go to Stanford. Oh, Stanford. Great. Great. If I was getting into Stanford, You'd be like holy shit, like, uh, that, uh, that that's something that changes your entire life, right? It changes the course of your entire existence, exactly. Especially for a kid that that was in jail, yeah, and that you know, blah 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 blah. We, we, we could go on and on. The stakes aren't high enough, and I dare say the stakes aren't even high enough for Madison Bell. Mm-hmm. Like even for her, she I think just dials it in as this killer, yeah. Because I think that her character could have been a lot more nuanced. Oh, totally. Instead, she becomes sort of a robot for like mischief for mischief and revenge and, and, and cliches yeah um and maybe that's part of of her actual diagnosis but you know i'm not we a psychiatrist so i can't tell you that and then one other thing i wanted to bounce off of you is uh jason ritter's character yeah so we don't get a ton of time with him he's kind of an ancillary character but did you ever get the sense that he might be gay yeah I did. there I did. is like a couple of like weird glances yeah. and like there's just he plays and i don't know if there's like deleted scenes or anything that mm-hmm. maybe expound upon this but he came off as like i'm secretly gay and kind of in love with him too and that's why i'm helping him out, out on this journey that's why i help with like the taping of everything mm-hmm. and it's really interesting i don't know just think about you know kind of go back and rewatch it with that lens and see if you pick up on any of that did you have a swimming team in high school no we didn't have a pool okay we we had a swimming team, um, and most of the high schools around us did. And you know, like I mean, there's uh, this is going back to you know pre two thousand, right? So gay jokes were you know the sine qua non for everybody. Um, swimmers in our school <clears throat> were always that was like the gay team. You know oh really? Mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you know, like football players were obviously like like the top of the heap. Yeah. And then it's like basketball, and then it's like you know whatever else from there. But the swimmers were always like, oh, those are the gay dudes. <laughs> you know, those are the ones that got made fun of, like, even though they're like. Like the swimming team is always like the most athletic. Yeah. They have the best physiques, obviously. Like yeah. they're getting laid probably by everybody. You just don't know it. <laughs> um, but like they were always the ones that got caught in that. I wonder if, I do wonder if maybe like, because when this film was made, if I don't know, that could be a part of I don't know. how he was thinking about it. But I can see the gay thing too. It's there something for sure. I never picked up on before and watching it this time. I was like, hmm. It, it makes me want to watch it again. Yeah. Also for Jesse Bradford and the Speedo. <laughs> that doesn't sound too bad either. Uh, all right. So let's rate Swim Fan. Um, oh, I will go first go on first. this one. Uh, out of seven stripes, I'm going to give Swim Fan a solid 3.5. Okay. I think it is a perfectly fine movie. Yeah. I think it's a little boring, um, and it's kind of shown its age a little bit. Yeah. The acting is a little under- Right, for me, right, yeah, I agree. Um, but it's still something I enjoy, so I'm going to come in right in the middle. I'm going to give it a 3.52. Okay, um, and I'm I, I might have given it a four, but that 
ending is just so bad. Yeah. Um, that it really, it's, it's not bad. And then you get to the ending and you're like, that, that was stupid. Yeah. It, it, it sort of pisses you it off. It brings it down. I get you. I yeah. get it. So three and a half for me too. All right. Well, that's Swim Fan. Uh, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to close out the show. Yay. Shantae, you stay. 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 Welcome back, everybody. We're here to close out episode 14 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Delicious. Yes. And so today we have decided to bring back, because we are a year out, we are going to bring back our original segment, Hottie of the Episode. Shantae, you stay. <laughs> um, so would you like to go first or would you like me to reveal mine first? I can go first. Um, I don't think it'll be a surprise to anybody because I've already talked about it. Uh, my hottie of the episode for sure is none other than Jesse Bradford. Okay. I think he was at peak cuteness in this movie. Um, you obviously get to see his body, which is not bad a lot. <laughs> um, and also I just want to say like, if you're into it, you should Google him now because he's also looking good now, even in 2019. Has um, he done anything? I don't really, I don't really know. Um, mm. All right, but like, I mean, he, and also like, he's just he plays a good guy. This I, was like his time. I like that. It was it was his era. Yeah. So that's my hottie. All right, mine is a little uh, different, just because it's not one of the main characters. But okay. when he came on screen, I was smitten kitten. Huh. It's Daniel Cosgrove. That's his his actor's name, and he plays Campbell Morris oh, in Valentine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something about that floppy 2000s hair and <laughs> he just, and those dimples. Definitely he's got floppy like, hair. He's got like that classic American yeah, look. Like if you saw him on the beach in a, in a swimsuit doing some surfing, you'd be all about it. You'd be like, ooh, yeah. meet you at the bar after this yeah. or something. Yes. I think these are good choices right here. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that brings us to the end, like I said, of episode 14. That we was do a spicy episode. Oh, it was tasty. Good. I liked it. Um, don't do the ESMR stuff. <laughs> um, uh, we really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we cannot thank you enough for all of your support on social media. If you do not know, we are on Twitter at Fraggy13, uh, Instagram at Fraggy13, and um, if you just search for us on Facebook, you will find us. And we also have a new website that you can find. It's really easy. It's Fraggy13.com. Cool. So you can, all of our episodes are listed there. You know, they're everywhere else too, but if you, you want to contact check it out, us there, you can check it out there. Um, we've gotten some really great reviews in recently, some really sweet and authentic reviews that we just really, really appreciate. And, um, and we thank you for leaving those for us. Yes. And so if you have not left a review yet, do it. <laughs> please do it. You know, take the 30 seconds. Um, you know, other independent podcasts talk about this, but you know, just to like give you guys a hint, today's show, we want to tell you how long it took to do this. It took us about eight hours to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't even started editing it yet. So, and that's not a singular thing for us. Other podcasters that really love bringing content to you because we love doing that. It takes a lot of time. Um, and the only thing that we ask in return is a review now and then if you can. Yeah. So if you can, pop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a little review. Say whatever you like. We would really appreciate that. Yeah. And we also want to let you know that merch is back. Yeah. We did a little stint earlier on this year where we tried doing some merch. It, we just kind of wanted to test the water to see if anybody would bite. Uh, you did. And then the time was over and everyone was like, oh, I forgot to buy my T-shirt. Well, now you can. Yeah, literally, literally like, like 10 of you were like, oh, can I get a T-shirt? We were like, no, it's over. <laughs> it's over. 
Um, so we, we are going to post the links to where you can buy merch mm-hmm. it's from a place called Tee Public. And if you search for Friday 13 on Tee Public, you can find us there, but we will post the link. And, it, and these you, are t-shirts, hoodies, I'm literally wearing a hoodie right now, I'm and I'm drinking I'm drinking out of my my travel mug. Yeah, and honestly, they look really good. Um, so go over and just order some fun stuff. You can get a tote. Even if you get a sticker. You can like, get a cell phone it's case. It's fun. And you're going to let other people know that you're a fried gay and mm-hmm. that you're into it. And you can tell them, because trust me, it sparks conversation every time. It'll get people talking about this show that you love too. Yeah. We, we would really appreciate that be because awesome. you are our Valentine. Aww. All of you are our Valentines. <laughs> we have thousands of Valentines out there. Yeah. And we, I just want to let people know that we sat down yesterday and sketched out the next about eight months of content. So yeah. you are in for yeah. a treat. We've got some good shit coming, dude. Yeah. We, it's I'm excited. Fun. I looked at the paper after we were done and I was like, uh, this gets me excited. Oh, totally. So here's to another year, a year in. Amen. And here we go. Yeah. Oh, oh one more thing. Too, yeah. Another special thing. Thanks to our producer, Michael, of course, and to Jessica Jane uh, Child Conway for their great work today. It took, a, it took a while, but it was wonderful. It's worth and it. It's such a great job. So yeah. thank you again to you guys. All right. As always, we hope you will get slayed. Get slayed.